What a great video there. Thanks to our production team, creative team here for making that video, Briggs, Nikos. Tonight we're starting a new series called How Do I dot dot dot. And it's a 10 week series that we're gonna do this summer going through the book of Proverbs. Now, if you're new to the Bible, right kind of in the middle, just to the right of the Psalms, there's a book called Proverbs, there's 31 chapters. And some people make it their habit to read one a day. Uh, So we're going to go through how do I, how do I become wise? How do I live into this life of wisdom for the next 10 weeks? But tonight we have a really special treat. We have Pastor Jay Duncan here from New Life Midtown. So some of you are like, what's New Life Midtown? Well, we, we merged with a church that's been here in town for years. They've been here for years, being faithful Antioch Church. And Jade is a longtime friend. Let me back up. When I was 13 years old, there was a new guy that moved to town to go to Oral Roberts University. It was 1995. And Jade came into town, and he was studying at Oral Roberts University, and then he was helping volunteer in the youth group at Victory Christian Center right next door. Well, I was a 13-year-old in middle school at Victory Christian School, uh, Victory Christian Church, and Jade was teaching me on Wednesday nights. He had to kick me out in the hall week after week after week because I was an embarrassment to the kingdom of God. But somehow, through his teaching and my parents and other good people along the way, we made it. So Jade is a longtime friend. His wife, Christy, went to Victor Christian School, which I went to from kindergarten to 12th grade. And she was a few years ahead of me. And one of those like women of God that is like, wow, woman of God, big woman on campus, be like that, find someone, you know, like Christy, just an amazing woman. So I've known this couple since I was little and they have marked my life. They're faithful. They've been pastoring at this church. Is it 13 years you've been pastoring there? 14? What's that? 16, holy smokes, they've been pastoring 16 years. And uh, Antioch Church became, earlier this year, New Life Midtown. We merged together, joined our strengths. So they're at Academy and Austin Bluffs, and they're just going for it. They're serving their neighborhood, taking care of the poor. They're going on global missions out of there. So tonight, it is a, a treat to have Pastor Jay Duncan from New Life Midtown, and I want you to give him a New Life Friday night warm welcome. Would you join me in welcoming Pastor Jade Duncan? New Life Friday night. Man, you guys are rowdy. I like that. I like that. There is some strength here in the house. There's just a stability and a longevity that is tangible. It's palpable. The longer you're in this game, you can actually just start to feel the strength that's in the house. And that's actually because of faithful people like yourselves. I met Michelle and Mark, I think it was. I met David and Kirsty Massey, and I asked them, how long have you guys been here at Friday night? And they said, we've been here forever, Jack. We've been here for a long time. We were here when it was the mill. How many of you guys have been here since it was the mill days? Anybody? Wow, look at you. That is incredible, you guys. I am so proud of you. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here. So since Pastor Daniel shared a a wonderful story about me, I'm gonna share one in kind. A few years ago, my son, my oldest son, Kenya, who he and my twin boys are upstairs, wreck and shop up there. Hopefully they invite us back. But uh, we were 
at a YMCA basketball camp, and um, if you guys don't know this, Daniel's children are like freak athletes. You guys all know that. My, my children, my son, he was being exposed to the sport of basketball, and uh, it just so happened that Wilson Grothy and, and Jonas Pacquiam are stacked up on the same team. They're like, they're taking notes from the Brooklyn Nets or something, and they are slaughtering our team. It's not even funny. There's no mercy rule. It's probably 60 to 70 to two. And Pastor Daniel Grothy is out there, and he is cheering my son on. Come on, Kenya, you can do it. Great job, Kenya. And man, I fell in love with that man right there. His son and my son have had the opportunity to be in class a couple of times at TCA Central. And I remember one day they were doing a presentation and Pastor Daniel Grothy is there in TCA Central classroom. My son Kenya is giving a presentation and Pastor Daniel's going, great job, Kenya. This is, as you know, the kind of pastor that you guys serve. So it's an honor and a pleasure to be here tonight. And it's gonna be fun kicking off tonight's series. We're on a series called How Do I Dot, Dot, Dot. We're walking through the book of Proverbs. So let's pray. Turn with me in the book of Proverbs chapter one and then we're gonna dive right in and have a good time tonight. Father, thank you so much for the spirit of the living God that is here, that is moving, that is active. Well, we believe that you have been at work even before we came in tonight, that you are the one who draws us as the people of God into the house of God. You bid us come and you say, I have good food at my table for you to eat. I'm reminded in Proverbs chapter eight, wisdom cries out to the city streets and says, come in all of you. I have something good to give to you. So tonight, God, we are responding to the call of the Spirit, and we are responding to the call of wisdom. And we ask that you, O oh God, would teach us and form us in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I love the title of this series, How Do I? Because it is the phrase that I always type into YouTube whenever something happens around my house. Because I don't know how, how many of you guys are mechanical or you're great at home repair, but that's not me. My brother-in-law is a crackerjack mechanical guy. That's not me. So I'm constantly trying to figure out how do I dot, 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 fix a leaky faucet? How do I dot, 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 winterize my sprinklers? How do I turn them off? How do I turn them on? Just a couple of weeks ago, Christy comes into the room and she has this massive circular thing. I was gonna bring it tonight, but I, I didn't have anything to put it in. It looks like kind of a bootleg version of Captain America's shield. It's this giant silver thing. It looks like a broken fan. And it just so happens it's the agitator of our laundry machine, right, washer. It kind of goes down there in the bottom. And uh, as she was pulling clothes out and putting them into the dryer, it just so happened that that agitator wanted to come out with the clothes. And so she comes in and she's showing it to me and She's saying, fix this. And so the first thing that I do is what? YouTube, how do I, LG washer, broken agitator. So I, I, I get a replacement for this agitator. And I don't know about your experience with YouTube and the DIY, the do-it-yourself repair kits, but they always make those things look so much easier than they really are. I'm over there, I'm trying to put this thing on. And so I end up calling a service repair guy who sent me the part and I'm saying, listen, I'm not sure. This is supposed to be pretty easy and I'm putting it down, but it's just not tightening. And here's the question he asked me. Well, did you watch the video? I said, yes, I watched the video, 
but there's this massive disconnect from the video that you make look so easily, and apparently the video that you put out isn't helping me put my agitator, this little two-step process, into my washer. Now, life is kind of like that, isn't it? The only problem with life is life isn't static like a washing machine or fixing your brakes. Life is furious. Life is wild. Life is dynamic. Life is unpredictable. Life comes at you. You know, it's one thing when you're like working out and you're punching the punching bag and nothing's coming back at you, but life isn't like the punching bag that just stands right there. Life's coming back at you full throttle. And sometimes you get blindsided by life. Sometimes it's the punch that you're not expecting in life that disorients you. It's the punch that you're not aware of where the enemy's sneaking up and he's creeping up and he wants to take you out. And it causes us to ask the questions of, Lord, are you really faithful? Are you really good? You know, in this series, we're gonna tackle some big questions. And they're not gonna be how-to manual questions. They're not gonna be YouTube questions. They're gonna be the questions that really matter in life. You know, the kind of questions that you want to answer well, like not just how do I get married and how do I stay married, but how do I have a thriving marriage for decades? Right, questions like, How do I not just create kids? But how do I actually raise kids who love God and can be a force to deal with in the earth? And kids who are courageous and compassionate, tough and tender, kids who we can raise up to be wise. But what about this? This might come home for some of us. How do we navigate the culture wars where it seems like no matter what we do or what we say, it's always gonna be wrong? And how do we get through grossly controversial conflicts right at the intersection of big, massive ideas in our culture without losing all of our friends or without losing our witness or without losing our minds, all right? So you guys are awesome. This this right here, this little dialogue, this little interchange that we have is going on. It is amazing. So in the next several weeks in the book of Proverbs, we're gonna tackle these big questions on how do I dot, 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 find the wisdom of God for the situations that we find ourselves in. And tonight I'm gonna start the series by answering the question, how do I become wise? How do I become wise? Another way of asking that question is how do we become the kind of people who know how to handle whatever life throws at them. Many of you guys are familiar with Eugene Peterson, the author of the Message Bible, and in the introduction to the book of Proverbs, Eugene defines wisdom as this. It is the art of living skillfully whatever situation you find yourself in. Wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever situation you find yourself in. The author of Proverbs, for many of the Proverbs, a man by the name of Solomon, had a similar take. And we're gonna go to Proverbs chapter one and we're gonna begin in verse one. The scripture says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight. In other words, he's mapping out for us, this is why I have written this book for you. I've taken the time to observe my life and the lives of the people that are around me. And I've made a couple of observations that I think are important for you to live the good life, to live life well. And so he's mapping this out for us at the beginning of Proverbs. Verse three, for receiving 
instruction in prudent behavior, for doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Proverbs has something to say to almost any and every situation of life that you may find yourself in. But there's something very important to understand about the Proverbs. The Proverbs are not promises. And the Proverbs are not predictions. The Proverbs are principles and they're patterns that are designed to guide us to God, not to guarantee a life without pain or without challenge. I'm gonna say that one more time. The Proverbs are not predictions. There is nothing scientific in the life of God. It is filled with mystery. It is filled with beauty. It is filled with uncertainty, but it is designed to draw us into greater dependence on who God is. God, give me this day my daily bread. So the Proverbs are not a formula that enable us to live a life as the world would define as successful. The Proverbs are patterns and they are principles that are designed to guide us into the life of God. So before we talk about what wisdom is tonight, let's talk for a few minutes about what wisdom is not. Wisdom is not, you ready for this? Wisdom is not a higher IQ. Wisdom is not accumulating more data, more information. Wisdom is not having the right answers. And wisdom is not longer living. Let's go to the top very quickly. Wisdom is not a higher IQ. Just because you may be gifted with a higher capacity for understanding intellectual things, this in and of itself does not make you wise, my friends. Wisdom is not the accumulation of more data. Every single one of us have a supercomputer right now in our pockets. And you can pull out that supercomputer and you can find a lot of answers and a lot of information and a lot of data to a lot of things. Friends, this makes you a researcher, not a sage. If Avengers Age of Ultron has taught us anything, <laughs> it has taught us that the accumulation of more data wrongly calculated can have devastating effects. Yeah. Wisdom is not having the right answer. You guys know anybody like that in your life? Every time you bring something up, they always have something to say about it. Sometimes the wise answer is to give no answer at all. And all the wives in the house said, amen. I'm still learning that one, babe. Wisdom is not just having the right answer or knowing what to say. Sometimes wisdom is knowing how to say it. When to say it, who to say it to. Last night, our, our daughter invited Christy and me into a very, what I call a very sacred conversation. You know, as parents, one of those beautiful opportunities that we have with our children is when they invite us into the sacred space of sharing their hearts with us. And at the end of that conversation, I began taking some inventory and I asked my daughter this question. I said, baby, do you want me to offer perspective right now or do you want me to wait? And she graciously said, dad, you can offer me your perspective now and I'll hear it. But after the conversation, I began questioning myself and 
playing the, the game tape over in my head saying, should I have said those things? Did I go too far? Did I say too much? See, wisdom helps us take inventory on how to say the things that we say. The next thing is wisdom is not just living long. I have such an immense amount of respect for those who have lived long. I love Pastor Daniel's book on chasing wisdom that provokes and compels every single one of us to chase after people who have lived a long life. But friends, the late Ed Cole said it like this, that maturity does not come with age but it comes with the acceptance of responsibility. And I think we could say the same thing about wisdom. Wisdom is not just living long, it's living long well. It's living long wisely. So we know what wisdom is not. I wanna take a few minutes to talk about what wisdom is. Number one, wisdom is a perspective. Wisdom is perspective. Wisdom is the ability to see life from the end. It helps us to see further than where we stand right now. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to spend a good chunk of time with my kids, and I began noticing there's a, there's a pattern here going on. There's a pattern of sleeping in a little bit longer. There's a pattern of going to bed a little bit later. There's a pattern of living all day in our pajamas. And so, typical Jay Duncan fashion, I pulled my whiteboard out around the kitchen table. I called all the kids together, guys, sit down right now. Let's come together. They're like, dad, school is over. Nope, not the school of Jay Duncan. No, the, the Duncan summer school has just begun, you guys. And I pulled this whiteboard out and I said, okay, guys, I want us to dream about the things that we want to accomplish in the next 10 weeks that we call summer. And so these guys are, man, they're, they're, they're taking the bait. They're like, Dad, we wanna go to Dutch Bros, and we wanna go to Elitch's, and we wanna go to the pool every day, and we wanna hit up every park in the state. We wanna go to the ocean. I'm like, keep it coming, guys. I'm writing all these things down. And then I asked them this question. I said, guys, what are some things that are responsibilities, like things that have to get done every single day? I put this in a column. I'm writing these things down. And then I asked them this question. I said, guys, what are some goals that you have? To which they kind of cocked their head and they looked at me and said, what, what are you talking about? I said, what are some things that you want to accomplish? In other words, when you look back at the end of the summer, what are some things you want to look back on with pride and say, we did that? And equally as important, what do you want to say when you're sitting in your class on the first day of school and your teacher says, how was your summer break? Do you want to look back and say, well... We went to bed past midnight and we got up past noon and we have no idea what happened in between. A lot of TikTok and Instagram and something else happened in between those times. You have to understand what you don't want to say in order to live into what you do want to say. Wisdom is heaven's vantage point. Wisdom is the spirit of God showing us the future. Wisdom is Heaven shouting out to us and saying, this is what really matters. This is what's important. This is what will last the test of time. You know, when I was a kid, I say I was a kid, I was 18 years old, that's a kid, right? You know, when I was young, I wanted a fine girl. Y'all supposed to laugh at that. You're like, what does that mean? I'm not talking about fine, like she's a fine girl. I'm talking about I wanted a fine girl, like a fly girl. Right, I wanted a girl who was fly, right? I wanted a girl who was attractive. But now after 20 years of marriage, Christian, I'll be celebrating 20 years in August, I realize that what is attractive? Yeah, give it up for my girl, Christy, over there. 
You know, the perspective of wisdom changes your definition of words because what was attractive to me then is a little bit different now because what's attractive to me now is how patient and gracious and, and kind with me and our children my wife is. What's attractive to me now is her ability to give selflessly to all the people that are around her and to do it with such effortless joy. What's attractive to me is the way that she serves the people that are around her and she makes it look so easy and how loyal she is to the truth every time, even when I question her on it. What's attractive to me is the way that she gives me wisdom when I don't even know that I need it and she can sit and she can weep with me and she can remind me of who I am. That's the perspective that wisdom and time can bring to our lives. You know, when I was a kid starting off in ministry, I wanted to build big churches. I wanted to get on that preaching circuit. I wanted to go to conferences, sit in green rooms. I'm kind of kidding you guys, but you know, every young kid who goes into ministry, they have these kind of visions of grandeur and it only takes a little while in the yoke of doing life with real people. And the Lord kind of works that out of you. And after 20 years of full-time vocational ministry, what's more important to me is that God is known and not that I'm known. 20 years in this game will, will teach you that what's most important is to finish with a clean heart and with pure motives, without resentment and without bitterness and without the poison of unforgiveness in your soul. And what's more important to me right now in 20 years of ministry is, Jesus, that you're made famous and that it's your kingdom come and your will be done and that I decrease and that you increase and that the people around me are made better as a result of my faithfulness to you. Wisdom will bring you perspective. The second thing is wisdom is a posture. It's not just a perspective, it's a posture of our heart. Most of us can quote this, but in Proverbs chapter nine, verse 10, the scripture tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We can't even get to wisdom until we get to the fear of the Lord. And what is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is that encounter with the reality of a living God that helps us understand who God is and who we are not. The fear of the Lord is something that is birthed inside of us it's an appropriate response to an accurate revelation of who God is. The fear of the Lord is an appropriate response to an accurate revelation of who God is. And the scripture tells us that this is ground zero. The scripture tells us that this is the trailhead on wisdom's path. You begin by the fear of the Lord. And what exactly does this mean? It means, God, when I see you, I see myself. When I see the greatness of who you are, I recognize what I'm not, and it causes humility to be birthed in the soil of the fear of the Lord in my life. We see this all throughout scripture. When human beings encounter God, they fall to their face because that is an adequate response to an accurate revelation of who God is. And there's one particular man that I'm thinking of. His name is Solomon. Solomon, who wrote these, these words. For those of you guys who are not aware of who Solomon is, he was the third king in Israel's history. And he had a lot to live up to because his dad, who was a fierce warrior, who was a commanding general, who was a beloved king, oh, oh yeah, and let's not forget that God himself defines David as a man after my own heart, right? That's a lot to live up to. 
When God's writing your biography and he says, this man is a man after my own heart. David had it in his heart to build God a temple that matched God's majesty. And he says, Solomon, I'm gonna procure all of the resources. I'm gonna draw up the blueprints. All you have to do, son, is execute this. No pressure, dad, thanks a lot. Talk about being in over your head. And one day Solomon finds himself making sacrifices to the Lord and God shows up and asks Solomon the question that every single one of us want and wish that God would ask us. And it's this, Solomon, ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. I'll give you riches, I'll give you fame, I'll give you power, I'll give you whatever you want. And here is Solomon's response in 1 Kings chapter three. In verse seven, he says, now Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and I do not know how to carry my duties. Your servant here is among the people that you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number, so give your servant a discerning heart. Some translations say, give your servant wisdom to govern and lead your people and distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Wisdom is a posture of our heart. Number three, wisdom is a response. God wants you to be wise. God has made it available to every single one of us. The resource of wisdom is abundant and God is offering it to us, but wisdom requires a response. It's not automatic. It might be free, but it's not automatic. Scripture tells us in James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom to do what? To ask of God and it will be given, but not just given, it will be given liberally and freely and abundantly shall it be given, but we have to respond to that wisdom. Look at Proverbs chapter two, beginning in verse one. These are magnificent scriptures. And the first word that I want you to see is I want you to see the word if. Capitalize that in your mind right now. My son or my daughter, if you, and listen to these power verbs. These are power verbs. If you accept my words, if you store up my commands, if you turn your ear, if you apply your heart, indeed, if you call out for insight, I want you to hear the voice of desperation. If you cry aloud as if your very life depended on it. Let's keep reading. And if you look for it as if you lost the most important thing that you possess, your keys, your phone, the will, search for it as for a hidden treasure. Now capitalize this. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Now wait a minute. We just discovered that Proverbs chapter one, verse seven, and Proverbs chapter nine, verse 10 tell us that the fear of the Lord is the starting point of wisdom and we haven't even gotten to the fear of the Lord yet. When you seek after the fear of God, this is a response, brothers and sisters. God is saying wisdom is available to you. Proverbs chapter eight, the scripture personifies wisdom and shows us a picture of wisdom crying out at the city gates and saying, come, come all of you who are simple. Come all of you who want to learn more. Let me give you a couple of practical responses. Three very quick thoughts. Ask, listen, and receive. Learn how to ask good questions. Learn how to listen intently. When I was a kid, right before I came to ORU, I was at a youth camp and there was this powerhouse preacher 
that was from the inner city of Detroit, Michigan. I found myself sitting right next to him at lunch. I was in heaven. And I said, Pastor Tim Delina, I'm about to go to ORU. Would you give me some wisdom as a young man who feels called to ministry? And he said, Jade, I want you to do this for the rest of your life. I want you to write down a list of questions that whenever you find yourself sitting next to someone who's lived a little bit more life than you, I want you to always be ready to ask that person questions. And I am so glad that man gave me that wisdom. I'll never forget the first year that I was at ORU, our campus pastor, Bill Schuler, was sitting right down at Marriott at the table right next to me. And I said, Pastor Bill Schuler, while I have you here, can I ask you some questions? Questions like, what are the most important things you've learned about leadership and marriage? What are the things that you have purchased that are expensive that you wanna pass on to me? I'm not talking about literally, I'm talking figuratively, right? <laughs> Pastor Schuler, what are some pitfalls of life that you would pass on to a young minister? I was a chaplain at ORU, and there was this call that went out one day to all the chaplains on the entire campus. Back in the day before cell phones, you had to actually check what was called voicemails, right, on landlines. And I came to my room after chapel one day, and I checked my voicemail, and the chaplain's department was looking for someone to give Pastor Tommy Barnett a ride to the airport. I thought, this is nuts. How in the world do we not have someone who's gonna take Pastor Tommy Barnett to the airport? I called immediately and I was the guy. And man, for 45 minutes, I drilled that guy with question after question after question. Learn how to ask a good question. Learn how to listen intently. Put the cell phone away unless you're taking notes on it. Right? Turn your body. Give them some body language. Give them some feedback. Pay attention when wisdom is in the room, friends. Don't go to someone and make them carry the conversation. I can't tell you how many people as a pastor for 20 years say, Pastor Jay, can we have coffee? Can we go to breakfast? Yes, I'd love to spend some time with you. I get there and one of two things happens. They talk the entire time or they don't say anything and they make me lead the conversation and draw it out. Learn how to ask good questions, learn how to listen well, and friends, receive. Wisdom is a perspective, wisdom is a posture, wisdom is a response. And finally, friends, wisdom is a relationship. Go with me to Colossians chapter two. Colossians chapter two. Beginning of verse two, Paul says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. See, if we're not careful, we'll listen to everything I said tonight and we'll categorize this in the topic of self-help. Friends, our objective over the next several weeks is, is not to make us better people who just kind of do life better. Our objective is to draw us into wisdom himself. That in every situation you find yourself in, I want you to remember this, to the degree that you are growing in God, to that degree can you grow in wisdom. Let us bow our heads tonight. I wanna pray Ephesians chapter one, Verse 17, over your lives. Scripture says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, 
may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And my dear brothers and sisters here at New Life Friday night, this is my prayer for you. My prayer is that you would escape the temptation to just be better people. My prayer is that you would escape the temptation to seek wisdom so that you can become smarter or more elevated. My prayer is that you would know Jesus the fountain and the fountainhead of wisdom itself, that you would be drawn into the very life and the very logic of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that you become, you become enraptured with God himself. And as a result, that in the same way that God answered Solomon's prayer, that God would pour wisdom out upon you. And I pray grace and mercy and peace for every situation you find yourself in today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we say thank you to Pastor Jade? Stand with me tonight, church. Wisdom is a relationship to a person, Jesus Christ the Lord. If you have your communion elements ready, please get those. If you don't have communion elements, these two ladies will be walking around. Just raise your hand. But I want you to see here at this moment at the table that this is what wisdom looks like. The wisdom of God in Jesus Christ is the one who did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Just before Jesus breaks the bread passes around the cup, John 13, what does Jesus do? He takes off his robe and he gets on the floor and he gets a bowl of water and a towel and he washes his disciples' feet. What kind of God are we working with? Who in the world would ever do that? Wisdom incarnate would do that. Jesus Christ, the Lord. And Jesus is here with us tonight at the table to show us what it looks like to begin to inch our way into the life of wisdom. It's a life of service. It's a life of open-heartedness. It's a life of tenderness. It's a life of self-sacrificial love. It's a life that's willing to be broken if it's going to break you. If it costs you everything, Jesus says it's gonna be worth it. And so tonight, you can take the bread. You can hold it. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. Would you break that little wafer right there in half? He broke it and he reached across the table to his people and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. You live in a world that tells you to fight for your own rights. This is what wisdom looks like. <laughs> you live in a world that tells you to, to stick it to someone else so you can secure a good life for yourself. This is what wisdom looks like, says Jesus. If you will die, you will live. This is my body broken for you. And as often as you do this, remember, you may receive the bread tonight.
the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the cup of wine. And he said, this cup is the new covenant given in my blood. And it's given for the remission. Thank you, God. That our sins have been washed away. (laughs) We have all been fools. We have all come to the table stupidly. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all blown the thing up. Jesus says, this is my blood, which is given for the remission of your sins. You have a new beginning, a new covenant, a fresh start. Jesus says, as often as you do this, as often as you come to the table, don't you ever forget that you're clean. (laughs) So Jesus, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. If you kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? Great is your faithfulness. Great is your mercy. Great is your kindness. Great is your forgiveness. And we need it and we receive it tonight. Friends, you may receive the cup, the forgiveness of your sins. We're going to sing this song, Christ Alone, Cornerstone. Wisdom is a relationship. Let's worship the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, the wisdom of God incarnate. Let's praise the name of Jesus.
pray the benediction over you. I pray that New Life Friday night, we would be known as the people who have fallen in love with wisdom himself. Wisdom not as a trick to get ahead in life. Wisdom not as the accumulation of data, but wisdom as relationship with the man himself, Jesus Christ. I pray that we would pulse with that wisdom as we spill out into Colorado Springs. We go into our workplaces and people finding you saying, hey, can you help me? Can you, what do you know that I need to know? Can you help me live? Can you show me the way? I pray that we would be magnetic with the wisdom of God because we know him. Pray that we would be unafraid to carry it, to be stewards of the wisdom of God. I pray tonight, bless my friends, Lord, and keep them. Make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lord, lift your bright, smiling countenance upon us. Grant us your peace, we pray tonight, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Amen. Can we thank God for what he's done here tonight? And one more time for the Jade Duncan. Can you give it up for my friend? We love you, brother. Want to invite our prayer team to come down. We would love to pray with any and all of you if you have prayer needs. Go from here in God's grace and peace. Much love.